that's that's something that I want you guys to keep in mind that every time it goes up by one percent, it's decreasing your buying power. One percent in rate increase decreases your buying power by ten percent. Hey guys, here we're in episode eleven, and today we're going to be talking about how interest rates and what they're doing to your payments and how much your buying power is. <laughs> Wait, it's Generation H. Oh, yeah, yeah. Generation H. Hey, guys. So today, uh, we're going to be covering something that's been very relevant for everybody's investors and regular home buyers alike. Uh, Everybody, to some degree, has either heard of it, been affected by it, um, or at least is being kind of, I feel like, maybe paused by not being able to maybe buy into a house or whatever. Like, things are being put into perspective, I think, for everybody across the board. And people are feeling it with rents and everything else. So, what we're going to be talking about is something that's been very relevant um, since the beginning of the year, and that's the interest rates uh, going up. Yep. Right? So, the Fed uh, putting in some basis points in order to increase rents and kind of slow down I guess would be inflation. inflation. Yeah, so the Fed raises interest rates every... They meet up eight times a year, and they decide whether they want to raise the Fed funds rate, which in turn actually raises interest rates. It's not a direct correlation, but the, but it does affect interest rates a lot because banks do rely on that to determine what they're going to lend out at. So basically, the Fed meets eight times. The first one, they didn't raise interest rates yet because they thought inflation was transitory. Then they went 25 basis points up, which is 0.25%, March 15th and 16th. And then 50 basis points May 4th. And they also planned on June 14th, they also plan to do another 50 basis points to bring down inflation. So we'll see what they actually end up doing, but they usually stick to their word of what they're going to do. And they do actually plan on raising it every single meeting for the rest of this year, too, until inflation comes back down. At least that's the objective. Right. I was going to say, it can be really high by the end of the year if they keep going this rate. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, we all heard uh, that interest rates, uh, this is more for, uh, just, just to give us an idea, but I would say more for the regular homeowner, the average interest rate is probably about three and a quarter, three and a half percent, something like that. And now we're all hearing that they're all closer to like 5% yeah. for the regular consumer, right? So these basis points that are being increased by are having an effect on the interest rates and not just directly, but as as uh, Dylan was alluded to, uh, it gets baked into the interest rates almost yeah. in preparation for the next rate hike. The next, right? So basically the banks are saying that the Fed's planning raising on raising it. it for the next whatever five meetings. So they're actually baking that into their interest rate <clears throat> they're giving out today. Um, so if they do raise them, let's say in the next five, the banks aren't necessarily going to raise them as much as the Fed is because they already banked some of those future rate hikes in, if that makes sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't make sense. So, but it makes so to iron it all out, to make it really crystal clear and opposed to like throwing out Fed and basis points and all these like funny words, <laughs> we're going to put it in numbers because I think everybody can, um, can kind of visualize this because this is basically how much you're able to afford. So Dylan has done some numbers here, um, kind of showing us what the affordability was for a regular home buyer, and we're really just starting with a basis of like a hundred, just for numbers' sake, for argument's sake. So we started at what it was, which was three percent. Mm-hmm. That was pretty normal. It could have been three and a quarter, three and a half, depending on your uh, credit and all. 
that could have afforded you a $113,251 house. It's not gonna get you very far, but that's how much you could afford at 3% with your payment being $477.42. Right. Now, that's before escrow, before taxes and insurance and everything else, but that's really what your payment was based off of for this, right? What we'll notice is that once it goes up 1%, it drops, it drops significantly. It drops $13,251, right? Same it, payment. Your payment stays same. the same, So, right? So your payment is staying the same. So what we've done is we put the same payment all across the board here a relation in relation to the interest rate. Now this is an exaggeration, but this is just giving you an idea of how far it can affect your buying power, right? So we've taken it all the way down to 7%, keeping the same payment alike, and you'll notice your amount decreases significantly. It decreases by about 13,000, 11,000, 9,000. It's it obviously goes down, but it's only because it's in relation to your buying power. Yeah. Right. right. So at 7%, you can only afford a house worth 71000 with the same payment. <clears throat> As opposed to 3%, you could afford a $113,000 house. $42,000 more of house. Yeah. So that's just kind of put it into relations in terms of investors. Um, so the way that I'm kind of prepping for it as an investor is... Whenever I buy something, I try to move quickly. I think we all do, yeah. but there are very few lenders out there now that are allowing you to lock rates. Yeah, all well, at least investor rates. At least yeah. investor yeah. rates. Yeah, and not only that, but you're having to keep them 90 to 120 days before yeah. they'll even consider refinancing you. Yeah. So we're already looking 90 days out. Yeah. And that's really hard when the Fed is supposed to be meeting up with eight times, so maybe another, I guess five more times yeah. if you want to consider June, five more times and they're going to be increasing it for the rest of the year. So that's that's what this is gonna depict. If you wanna uh, freeze your screen, you can do that. But what we've done here too is we've done what the average home was. In Richmond in or Richmond, Virginia. Virginia. RVA. Yeah, in RVA, so homeowners in RVA, this is what the average house was in Richmond uh, area, so this metro, at 4%. And you'll notice, and this is just an average, I didn't do the exact numbers like we did up here, but it's an average of 10%. So that's that's something that I want you guys to keep in mind that every time it goes up by 1%, it's decreasing your buying power. 1% rate increase decreases your buying power by 10%. And that goes across the board for investors as well as it does for homeowners. So as we get higher to five and 6%, that's why in my opinion, prices are, they we're seeing to, price decreases. We're not seeing, yeah. 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 If not, people can't afford it. They yeah. just simply cannot afford to live in the median. This is the house median. This isn't talking high-end housing or any of that. This yeah. is yeah. medium yeah. price. We've already seen a little slowdown with some of our properties on the market or yeah. properties we're bidding for. Less less competition, that's for sure. There is still a lot of homeowners with locked-in rates from two months ago that are still probably trying to jump to buy whatever they want to buy before yeah. they have to adjust the new rates. So those homeowners are still probably trying to buy heavy until they get a house if they're locked in at a rate a month or two ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this kind of puts everything into perspective. Um, there's a lot more information that goes into it. I mean, we, we could try to go into it a little bit more, but then it starts to uh, get very convoluted. Uh, but what we want everybody to take home is this <laughs> very scary. Uh, yeah, look at that B right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but just, 
Be aggressive. Uh, if you're gonna go out and buy, it's one of those like FOMO situations that you need to take be taken seriously. Yeah. Like if you're gonna go out and buy, buy aggressively, move quickly, and close. Right? Lock rates if you can, but move quickly. So if you're talking to an agent, look to buy yeah. quickly and close quickly. Yeah. If you're an investor, make sure that you're buying. Uh, conservatively, right? So that you're baking all these rate increases into your into your purchase price, and then of course, uh, you never know but material increases and everything else. But all of this is having a negative impact on the backside, which is really hard to calculate because you can't you, know. you can't predict it for okay. one. Yeah. And now, where do you guys see it going? Do you yeah, see us getting to that ten percent, or do you see it getting? Because I think we're easily getting in the seven seven and a half before the end of this year. So what do you think in two years? Two years, we could be eight nine percent. It just really depends because I think that the Fed's going to realize that the negative effect that it's going to have on it, and they're going to start to decrease it yeah. only by default because it's having such a negative effect. And they don't want the economy yeah. to just crash and burn, so they're yeah. going to start working backwards to try and get it to a middle ground, and then it's yeah. going to flatline. No, I, I agree to you partially. I think they're going to get around seven percent. Yeah. for the average 30 year, maybe not investors, maybe between six and seven. I think by maybe Q4 or Q1 of next year, they'll probably start lowering it again because yeah. I think we might be in a recession by then and inflation might be actually be slowing down. You never know though, we'll see, but then I think it might come back down to the fives, but you To that know. point, I don't think inflation can come down because inflation is based off of a 12 month ratio to where the last three months have already been so bad to where the way it works is the next month just erases the last month. So it's automatically going to keep going up for the next three or four months. Yeah, but the, well, they compare it to the last, so in March, they see what inflation is and they compare it to last March. So if you had a yeah. high inflation number last March, you know, let's say prices went up 50% from 8 to 12. Yeah. And then they, they go to 13 after that. That's a huge decrease in the rate of inflation because it went from 8 to 12, which is 50%. Yeah. And then went from 12 to 13, which is whatever, 5%. True. So if the Fed does see that slowdown of inf inf uh, inflation, they're probably going to hit the brake pedal and probably lower rates, I would think. But I mean, also, I feel like they have to. I don't yeah, think no. that they can keep going in this direction. They, they will. I mean, yeah. it's it's the way I kind of look at it is like they have to hit neutral, right? Like mm -hmm. yes. you're going to over-accelerate. Just like on a go kart, right? They're hitting the they're hitting the gas pedal. They're trying to move, and then they're gonna let their get their foot off. But it eventually needs to like slow down to just yeah. like a cruising pace. And they just don't know what that right speed yeah. is, right? Like they don't know what the right interest rate or basis points to increase it by in order to slow it down. Their best guess can get them close, but I I do, I do think that it's gonna get up. It's probably yeah. gonna get over seven percent in my opinion, and then it's gonna start to go back down to, yeah. to your point. Yeah. But you never know. We could all be wrong. <laughs> let's, be, let's be real. We've all Back to been, double digits. Yeah. <laughs> and We've then been blessed for so long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we have been. In all reality, who would have ever guessed we'd be in the 3 and 4% interest rates and yeah. be complaining that it's going to 6 now? It's, yeah. it's kind of ridiculous if you look back. Now, now I will say one thing that uh, we used to always have conversations about, and you used to always get on yeah. me about refinancing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not going to refinance it. <laughs> Now looking back and being yeah, you here, to old Billy, huh? <laughs> I, should, I probably should have refined with No, but I was I was always like you're between always between here. here, but now you're between here. But that's fine. It's exactly. not like I could have refined, but like now yeah. and get up there. But but yeah, just seize every opportunity. Look at all look at all the variables in, in, in mind, or have all the variables in mind, and then just know that things aren't always going to be like yeah. they are right now. Yeah. So like. 
have a system that works for you, but then things are going to have to change. So be ready exactly. to pivot. Be ready to change. Now to, re mind open. to recap, what was the interest rate when you first repied your very first property? Uh, the investor loan was four point nine nine. Four point nine nine. Yeah. How about you, Carlos? Five and a quarter. Five point five. Quarter, actually, yeah. mine was four point seven five. The very first yeah. house I refied two, eh, probably two years ago now, four point seven five. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm doing a refinance today. Mm -hmm. Six point three three, yeah, and I yeah. and I close next that's about week. What I'm at. So Six. that's about two percent. That's about yeah. my twenty percent down. down. It also forced some investors yeah. that were planning on keeping their properties to possibly yeah. sell it, and that's also <laughs> increasing the inventory on the market. Meaning, you could exactly. see prices so, lower from that. All right, so too. so let's unpack that if we could. Yeah. So if you have a house that you were looking to uh, refinance that you were going to keep as a rental. Yeah. You, you think that an investor would be wise to sell it instead of keep it? I wouldn't say be wise, but at, it might they might change because they thought they were going to cash flow 400 bucks because yes. their payment on the mortgage was eight, 800 and they're renting it for 12 but now if their payment on the mortgage is 1000 and they're renting it for 12 first off, they might not get approved. I was going to say the debt service ratio yeah. now doesn't yeah. make sense. Exactly, and they might not want to even do that because they might not cash, they don't want it. Not cash flow on yep. the property, yeah. So or I think have that, to leave yeah, money in the yeah, deal they don't want to leave money in, yeah. So I think some investors, especially when you get to the upper ranges, I think they're probably going to run into that problem because rents yeah. have gone up, but not as fat quick as the housing prices went up. So it's well, not, not even staying close. on par. But if that investor decides to sell, and rates continue to go up, they're also losing buyers what their buyer pool would be yeah. right no like, but the investors are on hard money short-term loans no, no, right? i'm saying for oh. the end game for the buyers oh, yeah, 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 yeah. you're right you're right they're yeah. losing so, buyers yeah so they, they bought it they renovated but by the time that they're going to sell i mean they're at the 88,000, 89,000, or 79,000, right. depending on how long it took them yeah. to eventually put it on the market they could really be seeing a 20 percent decrease yeah. in, they, in they selling be. price yep yeah. So now for right. this average home buyer, now instead of them affording a three hundred fifty thousand, now they're down here in the two twenty four, two fifty six yeah. range. Yeah. That's a big difference All between where it was. That's a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. In a year difference. Yeah. No, that's something to consider too. <laughs> and let's too. be real here. The difference between this house and this house is a big difference. This is a three bed, two bath. This was a four bed, three bath. No, but this goes down, right? So like, if this was a four bed, three bath. Like the price, not the quality of the house, but yeah, the this price same house is a four. It's the same yeah, price, yeah. same house, because all of it, just the neighborhood yes. as a whole, was a three fifty neighborhood. Now it's a two fifty neighborhood. Do you think that the neighborhoods are going down a hundred thousand dollars in value? Because my neighborhood has gone up two hundred thousand dollars in value. Sure, but you'll start to see that they come down yeah. once you start having more comps come around. Yes. Yeah, because your neighborhood could have been like say a half a million dollar house, right? Yep. And then as the comps start to come out slowly yeah. and the rates start to go up, it's going to go down to 425. You, you all, in the last couple of years, we were in a lowering interest rate environment, meaning we people had so, so much more buying power. Yeah, yeah. 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 That would, that's what really caused it. Yeah. yeah, so it's 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 shot up, it's a boomeranging, right? Yeah. It's shot up well, and now, it's coming right back. In my neighborhood, for instance, it's <clears throat> the buyers that are buying these houses are different quality buyers than used to be. Used to be a starter home neighborhood. Now it's more of a... You're a seasoned, in your veteran yeah. job, you're making quite a good amount of money, and now you can afford a house in our neighborhood versus before it was first time home buyers were coming and they were buying everything. Yeah. So it's yeah. a different buyer. Now we have a different neighborhood and a different, different atmosphere because we don't have the same buying power as we did before. Yeah. New homeowners yeah. or first time home buyers can't afford these houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
Yeah, I do think that that's going to change, though. Um, and it's yeah, going to allow for millennials to like start to buy again. But it's going to be getting caught in those higher interest rates. But those are also the people that are more riskier, right? Like, they can yeah. buy at this point, and then in 10 years, they'll be 35, 40. Yeah. And then they'll just refinance into, hopefully, a, a lower rate. Opposed yeah. to, like, I don't know, an aunt, an uncle, a parent, whatever, that's already yeah. in their 50s and 60s, yeah. right? <laughs> They're not going to refinance when they are 70. Yeah. yeah. Right? Now, do you so, think, like, Do you think we're going to be back at 3% anytime so. Maybe not 3 I, but I think we'll be around here. here. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. what I would think, but... Yeah, but you never know. No one knows. You never know. <laughs> it's hard to predict. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, that was it for interest rates. Um, it's we just kind of glossed over it, but another episode for Generation H. H.